Hey guys, welcome back um, to my podcast. And um, yeah, well, just like in general, just welcome back to your favorite podcast because I am so happy with all of the feedback I'm getting. Um, a lot of people are enjoying the podcast. And um, after last episode, I was kind of disappointed because I felt like that episode wasn't, um, it did not showcase the right amount of effort from my side. So I'm sorry about last episode, even though like I think a lot of people did tell me that it was a fine episode and um, I'm, I was kind of disappointed in general because I felt there was a lot of more topics I could touch on, a lot of stuff that I should have been explaining rather than just hypothesizing and not making a lot of sense. I do definitely get that the last episode was definitely not one of my greatest episodes. So definitely another episode for aliens and stuff like that. I will go back into it because to me, it's still a, such an intriguing topic. I just did not explain it well enough. And um, on that same concept, today I'm going to continue with the uh, theme of imagination and creativity and whatnot of um, talking about fairy tales. So um, before I do that, um, a lot of people were asking me to get like guests on this show. So if you're listening to this episode and you have like thoughts to share or you might be interested in um, hopping on an episode, you can message me at um, the Instagram that is given, I believe, in the details of my podcast. You can message me that I will reply as soon as possible. You can definitely do join me in an episode. I'm not a huge celebrity or I won't say anything regarding how you talk. We don't have, um, we have a very private audience here as well. So you will not be judged. Do feel uh, free to join. So yeah, um, getting all of the whole introduction out of the way and wasting two minutes of your time. Um, let's go into the topic, fairy tales. So originally um, for me personally, I think I learned a lot of my life lessons from fairy tales. I used to read a lot. Um, ever since I was a kid, I have read a lot of books. I've um, just loved the concept of reading rather than just watching videos or watching TV, watching these shows and whatnot. I've always liked to read books. It's been um, a very childhood thing for me, which I think is essential for a lot of people to at least be given that opportunity. Since um, I do not want to go and buy books every time, I used to uh, visit my local library and I used to like go and rent out books. And that was basically my um, satisfaction of like, example, a lot of people may watch like daily episodes of this um, serial or this show that runs every day. I used to just go and get books every week and read maybe like one or two for the week every day until it's over. And then I get to return them and get new books the next week. So that was basically how I enjoyed reading. And fairy tales was a huge part of my childhood. You had all of the classics like Snow White, Cinderella, uh, Hansel and Gretel, Hans and Gretel, then um, what are the others, Rapunzel, um, and stuff like that. All of them are considered fairy tales in my opinion. If you even take the more like newer ones like Tangled and movies that are made into like these kind of concepts, Maleficent, I would still say that those are all fairy tales. Like what you consider as a general fairy tale is like anything that involves the idea of like magical elements. And um, you're basically bringing in a bit of magic into your life, into a like normal life. It's basically what I would consider as a fairy tale. So like any fairy tale you see, like Red Riding Hood or Cinderella or Snow White, those all like kind of revolve in your 1800s or 1900s era, where you used to have places being ruled by kingdoms. You used to have queens and kings, which is why you'd always refer to them as like Queen Cinderella, like how she becomes a queen or how Snow White becomes a queen. It's all about how they um, 
grow up from such poverty and they um, rise to become who they are because they always used to follow their instincts and always used to go on the right path. And that basically does teach you a lot. So like when you're a kid, you when you read stories like that or when you are taught stories like that, I think there is no better way to um, get to learn your morals and values because the, the first and foremost thing that you see in books is the confidence from a character. Each character is so confident in themselves that regardless of like whichever like bad character is portrayed in the story, the main character will never change for that bad person. They will follow what they believe is right. And end of the day, even if it is wrong, they still believe in themselves and they still carry themselves. And when they make that mistake, they instantly try to rectify it. So I believe that fairy tales are like the easiest way to teach someone morals and not just their morals, but making mistakes as well. You can see that each character that makes a mistake in a fairy tale, they are able to cope up from the mistake and try to find the next possible, the best, best possible solution to make up for that mistake, kind of. So everyone, I think, like, it's a common um, thing that I wanted to tell you guys today. That's, like, probably the first moral that I wanted to teach you guys is that it is okay to make mistakes. You have to understand that at one point, like, no one can ever be perfect. Like, even if you're the most perfect human being, you can never not make a mistake. Trying to be perfect is good, but then just hating yourself for not being perfect is not good. How do I always confuse things? Basically, all I'm trying to say is that if you make a mistake, you should be able to understand that it is okay. Repeating a mistake, no, it is not okay. That is something you're going to have to work on yourself. You're going to have to figure out why am I making this mistake again? Why is this keep? Uh, why is this repeating? That is something you want to think about. But if you made a mistake for the first time, the most important thing is to understand um, how has this mistake occurred? Why has this happened? And what can I do to make sure that this does not happen? That is like the first thing you guys need to understand. As a person, when we make a mistake, either you think like, nah, I never made a mistake in the first place. That's one way to think about it. And another way to think about it is like, oh no, I made a mistake. I don't know what to do now. I'm so lost. That's like the negative way of thinking of it. And then there's the other case where like, oh no, I made a mistake. I'm so sorry. Uh, it will not happen again. All of these three ways is just being defined. Defined. Regardless, these are, the th these are like the three worst ways to look at a mistake. The first thing you want to understand when you make a mistake is you need to truly comprehend why you made that mistake. What led to that being a mistake? That is something that needs to be understood. And when and only when you understand that, can you apologize to the people involved that I understand that I did make this mistake. I know how this mistake has affected you. And you can understand like what went wrong and why you'll be able to do it right the next time. I think that makes a lot of sense. Um, and that's why I believe that like making mistakes is essential because only when you make mistakes, can you learn and grow. So if you make mistakes, it's fine. Just uh, try not making mistakes in intentionally or repeating the same mistakes again and again. If you do a couple of times, no one's going to blame you. It's okay. It happens. Don't stress yourselves out too much for making that mistake. Try and find out what's the next best solution. What can you do better next time? That's the way you want to look at it. So that's basically a bit of like, advice from myself rather than from fairy tales itself. But um, yeah, I wanted to talk about that. So um, continue, continuing on how I was talking about fairy tales, the truth that time when fairy tales started to develop and started to become very relevant was actually in that time of when you had um, the kings and queens and how they were starting to like, not exactly conquer, but have huge lands 
and property, where they used to live in their castle, they used to control the Commonwealth. There was a lot of stuff that happened in the 1900s itself, where um, you had all of these periods and all of these thoughts, and um, especially during the starting of like World War, these uh, fairy tales were spread around a lot because they had the happy endings. Okay, I just realized that this is a audio, so I did not, you do not see my air quotes, but um, let's, I'm going to explain to you guys in two timelines. One timeline is our timeline as in real life, and then the fairy tale timeline. So the fairy tale timeline is always going to be revolving around mi- minimum, like I guess, like 1600s to maximum the 1950s or 1990s, not in uh, the 20, 21st century or the 20th century. I think maybe maximum the 20th century. That is the timeline of fairy tales. And I think the most time when like the high, like the most popular time for fairy tales was 1850s to the 20th century. And the reason why I believe that is because during this time, you had a lot of people who went through a lot of um, crises. You had a lot of people in poverty. You had a lot of wars going on. And what you get from fairy tales is you get that satisfaction of seeing someone rise from situations similar to yours. Where you got you get to see like these princesses, you get to see these common ladies who had to struggle so much, but then all of their effort was rewarded. For example, you had um, Cinderella and her um, glass slipper, where it was all by chance, but then it really wasn't by chance because she put all of her effort into um, her life, where she like tried her best, even though she was in such a bad situation. It, it used to make a lot of sense. It used to uh, connect with a lot of people about like, oh my God, maybe I just have to do what I can and I will maybe get a reward later. Who knows? It was just a satisfaction to see a happy ending. And nowadays you don't really see that. A lot of people like to see a more twisted ending. They might they like to see um, something that's more different. They don't want to see the same like, oh my God, oh, they ended up together. How different. Everyone's just sarcastic about happy endings, which I really don't get. There's a lot that you can learn from happy endings because when you see a happy ending, you truly understand like, oh my God, this person went through so much. They did so much to get to that happy ending. So a lot of morals and values are lost because everyone is trying to look for something different. And when you do go through that way of looking, you're looking for entertainment rather than values and morals. So I feel like as a kid in the current generation, you will never really be able to understand the true value of fairy tales themselves. So, yeah, I mean, it's kind of sad to just talk about it because um, I am a person who enjoyed um, fairy tales in my childhood. I think like one of the books that I used to enjoy a lot was Magic Treehouse. Um, It was more of an adventure kind of book. It was just a fictional book. But to me, I learned a lot from those books because you'd have um, each book revolving around a certain concept. I think it was a great series. I don't know what happened to it now. I will. I wanted to check it out, but I keep forgetting every time. But yeah, that's the whole ideology behind fairy tales. And especially like that small glimmer of hope in a kid's life from those difficult times, like in the 1800s and 1900s, um, it could boost their motivation a lot. And it can help a lot of people who are struggling to find the right motivation. So I think it's a really good concept to bring in fairy tales, animation, all of those like movies, all of those stuff of like entertainment to get people's mind off of reality. It was definitely a good idea.
But like I said, nowadays, a lot of morals and concepts are lost because everyone's interpretation has changed. And as I say that, we're going to dive into the next step, next part of this podcast, interpretation. So um, let's, take a, let's take an example. So I'm going to go ahead and take everyone's favorite story, Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs. So um, the original story, I'm going to be like completely honest. Everyone has to know about the original story. If you don't, I don't have enough time to explain it. I'm sorry. But um, I want to break it down to you guys. I'm going to explain you guys um, two different interpretations of Snow White. And I was truly mind blown. So <laughs> the first one is about how the true story, like basically the true story behind Snow White and um, how it revolves is that Snow, Knight, Snow White was uh, based off of the um, life of a lady called Margaret von Waldeck who was a 16th century Bavarian noblewoman. So that basically means that she was um, a bit of a middle-class lady in the Bavarian times. And she uh, grew up in a certain area where her, um, where her, she's, she's a noblewoman. She was quite above the lower class, right? So um, her brother used to, um, okay, this is going to sound really messed up, but yeah, so this Bavarian woman's, uh, uh, brother used to use small children to work in the mines. Yes, child labor. It is not a thing now. I am not making this story up. I read it online. Do not call me out. I do not. I am completely against child labor. Child labor is not a thing. It should never be done. Um, yeah. Okay. So getting that out of the way, he did use small children to um, work in the copper mine. And what happened um, to the children by working in the copper mine is that they were um, severely deformed and degraded because um, they were constantly at work in the mine at such a young age when their body hasn't fully developed and all of that physical labor, the toll, it paid a heavy toll on their bodies and they were then referred to as dwarves because they never really had the proper growth since they were constantly under that physical strain. And then next, um, the poison apple itself that the um, witch gives to Snow White is actually... um, an ideology behind um, a man, an old man who used to give um, the these like infected fruits to the workers. And the children also believed that those fruits were stolen from other areas. And that's why it was so old and like kind of like, how do I explain it? Like it was like tainted, it was damaged goods. So that's the idea of how the poison fruits come in. And Margaret herself, the lady who was um, the Bavarian woman, Margaret, she um, had a stepmother who actually uh, very much hated her. A common um, story, storyline, a common story. Every stepmother will hate their daughter or son in um, any book you read because um, a thing that used to be very common in fairy tales, like the whole general idea is hierarchies and um, passing down power. So the first thing is like, Having a girl itself is just meaning that you're going to be giving her away to someone else. And not only that, that's why like people preferred uh, men. And not only that, um, to have to like become a stepmother and take your like husband's um, previous wife's daughter, like you can, you can kind of get how much of a disgrace that was during that time because you not only had to take care of a daughter, you had to take care of the person who um, the person who married your husband before you, so obviously, like there's going to be a lot of feelings in that in that story. 
And of course, it is not Margaret's fault. It was just her unfortunate timing, you could say. And yeah, so she actually did hate her. But um, regardless of that, what happened was Margaret's stepmother, she actually sent um, Snow White to um, the court to hope in the in hopes of getting rid of her. But sadly, um, the Prince of Spain, uh, Prince Philip II, I believe, became her true lover and they absolutely just fell in love. And uh, sadly, as you know, she is a noblewoman. She is not a person of royal blood. She did not have the right status to be marrying Prince Philip II. So the father, so um, Prince Philip's father, the King of Spain, um, could not allow this to happen. And therefore, he sent um, people to go ahead and kill Snow White. And the way they did it was they um, poisoned her, uh, allegedly. So very disappointing story. I know you guys were expecting something different. But yeah, that, that, it was just really like grimy. And it was just kind of weird for me to like read myself. But yeah, I hope you guys hated it too, the same way I did. So that's, a, that's an inter- interpretation of how um, Snow White was brought to life. And that's what um, people have said. That's like the origin of Snow White. I don't know how much to believe of it, how much is true, how much is not. But another interpretation of Snow White is something that, um, it's, like a, it's like a theory, a conspiracy theory, you could say. And I actually really like believe in this theory because I believe that like, this interpretation is actually just insane. So... Um, this is a conspiracy theory followed by a lot of people who've read Snow White. And the theory itself is that Snow White is a representation of cocaine addiction. Yeah, <laughs> I know. If you guys haven't heard of this before, you guys might be like having those shocked reactions and like mind blown about how a fairy tale could be about cocaine addiction. But I want to give it to you. So you can see the name itself, Snow White. Um... It's in, it's in the name, like the drug uh, cocaine used to be known as um, snow. It is often called as snow. And obviously white revolves around the appearance of cocaine. And um, that, is not, that is not merely enough evidence to prove that um, it, it is about cocaine addiction. But the seven dwarves themselves prove enough that this is a cocaine addiction. So it's like, it's like basically like all of the seven dwarves, their names are after like certain emotions. And um, the way it works is the first uh, dwarf, happy. So obviously cocaine uh, puts you into a state of euphoria where you're always happy and you can't really think rationally, but you're always happy. And, the second, and then the second dwarf, you have sneezy. And it is a, it is a common symptom when you um, have cocaine, you are uh, prone to sneezing. It is a major symptom. And then as well, after you have had the drug or you've overdosed, you've gone through an addiction of cocaine, you will become very sleepy, the third wolf. And then after that, the fourth uh, one is bashful. If you are not able to, um, if you're not able to properly maintain your addiction and you miss out on cocaine, you become bashful. You are, uh, you move into a state of isolation. You uh, become depressed because you do not have your, you do not reach that state of euphoria. And when you don't have your drugs to reach that state of euphoria, you end up falling into depression. And that's the fourth dwarf, bashfulness. And then fifth is dopey. I mean, literally in the name, that is the dwarf. And then sixth, you get the sixth dwarf, grumpy. Um, after, you are, uh, after you reach that point of being high, 
and you start to become back to normal, you obviously become grumpy. You lose that satisfaction, that euphoria. And people who are addicted um, without the right amounts of um, cocaine, they, all, they are often perceived to be grumpy. And then seventh is DOC, the seventh dwarf is DOC. The DOC is what actually becomes the enabler. So yeah, I, I, I really do think that this is a very strong theory, but obviously it isn't true. Each uh, fairy tale has its own meaning. It has its own, it has its own concepts. But as you can see, based off the, th the two things I told you, they are completely different interpretations. Like you can see how vastly different the interpretations are the way people's perspective has on the story. You can see the effect of the person's perspective and how it changes so, uh, changes like so immensely. And yeah, I thought it was just like super cool to see different interpretations. And I think like it's th the same concept that kind of applies to real life where um, your interpretation is different from someone else's interpretation. But you can never say that there is a right interpretation. It's just all up to you. You can perceive it in one way. Someone can perceive it in another. You cannot judge someone's perspective just because yours is different. Some people need to understand that you there will all, there will never always be a right in each situation. Everyone can be different. There isn't anything wrong in not being the same as someone else. Life isn't a test, is what I'm trying to say. You will not always ha have the right answer. You will not always have a good answer, but you will always be able to come up with an answer. So you should always respect your thoughts. You should always respect your opinions. Holding a proper self-esteem truly will help you in life. And I believe that you should always respect your thoughts because you're the only one who can think them. You are unique to yourself and being different from someone else should never be an undermining quality. In fact, being different is even better. You get to have your own thoughts. You get to share your own ideas. I personally think that if you're different, that's even cooler. Um, so yeah. Always remember that there is no right answer. <laughs> there is no wrong answer. There is just answers. Your, your life isn't a test with like, for example, your life isn't like a direct answer. You don't know, you cannot read answers off a book in your life. You have to find those answers for yourselves by going through different experiences. You can travel, you can do whatnot, and you can find out, find out for yourself whether you like that answer. And if you don't like that answer, this isn't an exam that you fail in. It's just life. You get to go and try to find another answer. So yeah, I think that um, fairy tales do have taught a lot. And I think you guys are kind of maybe expecting a more of like a, just a general story of me like talking about like this fairy tale having this concept, this fairy tale having that concept. But today I wanted to talk about something, some stuff that are different rather than just the common ways of thinking like this fairy tale is this or this fairy tale is that. This fairy tale is meant to raise this model. This fairy tale is meant to raise that model. Again, that's just all common stuff that you can read on the internet. I wanted to teach you guys something different. And I hope you guys did enjoy this episode. Before I end it, I just want to say something, this small thing that I was thinking about um, in Hansel and Gretel. When they actually go to the um, the witch's house, they, they say that they live that like the breadcrumbs on their way to that place to um, track back if they want to return home. And I always used to get confused that like, why the heck do they drop the bread on their way? Like surely if they're hungry, they don't waste the breadcrumbs. And if it is like, but then, the, but then there's the argument where like you have like the breadcrumbs are so small and so minute 
that it's not really wasting food. But then again, if it is that small, then how on earth are they going to track that back all the way to their home? It has to be a decent sized chunk that is visible to the eye. So they might as well have just eaten that. But then again, they wanted to get out of the normal. They were just really hungry for something else. You cannot satisfy your hunger with just bread in in um, that kind of position. And obviously the bread itself isn't a representation of hunger. It is a representation of how fragile and um, insecure and difficult that um, their position was and how much they wanted to change that. So yeah, there's a lot of concepts. Like if you do, even if you think that there is something different, there's a lot of stuff that goes on. There's a lot of folds to an equation, basically. You cannot just judge something instantly. If you're going to judge something, try and bring some reasons to it. But um, you should always understand that st- stuff that has meaning will have so many different interpretations and it will have so many ways to back that certain meaning. So if you're, if you're having your own interpretation, you should understand that other people will have their own interpretations with their own meanings behind it. So yeah, as much as I'm telling you guys to respect your own interpretations, I want you guys to start respecting other people's interpretations. And if they're different, respect them for that. There is nothing wrong with being different. So yeah, 25 minutes episode, I could probably have dragged this on for 30, but the whole concept on my podcast was to be for like 10 to 15 minutes. And um, if you did make it till the end of the episode, uh, thank you guys so much. Um, It's been a pleasure, like always. And I'll see you guys in the next episode.